Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. I want to preach a little bit today. If you'll stand to your feet, you're awesome people. And I thank you for the privilege of getting to do this again today. Once again, I resign this church to the Lord today. It is His. Every time I walk out of the office on Sunday morning, I say, Now, Lord, I thank you for the privilege of getting to preach in your church today. This is your church. You built it. I didn't. But what a joy to talk to people uh, in God's church today. I'm going to speak on a subject today simply entitled The Key of David. That's what I'm going to talk about, The Key of David. And uh, when I say it's probably beyond my reach and it's probably outside of my realm of, of thinking because many pastors will not even tackle this because it is so far beyond the reach of what mortal men many times can even talk about. But maybe I've got a little inside track. Maybe the Lord has helped me a little bit. And if I don't, if I'm wrong... Well, then somebody will come along one day when I'm gone on to my reward and fix it for you, okay? But I feel very good in what God wants to say to us today. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to help the pastor today. And now say, Pastor, preach the word to us. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach the word to us today. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Preach the word to us today. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. Amen. You may be seated. God bless. Amen. Little boy heard his daddy preach one day. And when his daddy walked out of the pulpit and was on his way home, the little boy in the back seat said, Daddy, was that the truth today or was you just preaching? And his daddy turned around. He said, son, I didn't know there was a difference. He said, dad, sometimes in yours there is. (laughs) So I want today to tell the truth. I don't want to just be up here a preaching. The term key of David is a phrase that's recently surfaced in a lot of places. And like the phrase that many people have never really thought about, the tabernacle of David It's a term that rarely comes up in Christian writing before perhaps this present generation. I can remember the first time I heard a text on the tabernacle of David. And I believe the Holy Ghost has highlighted these terms in scriptures for such a time as this. So that intensely it's brought them to our congregational attention at this time. It's interesting that a number of us that are called a 24-7 ministry to the Lord have had recent experiences with this key of David. Either that we have been symbolically given the key or prophetically had it laid on our shoulder or simply we have just been hearing about it. Some of us have been gradually learning to use this key even without perhaps fully understanding what we may have been entrusted with in our life. Recently I have been granted the meaning and a measure of understanding of the significance of what I'm trying to minister on today, the key 
of David. And although we may have the key within our grasp and even begin to learn to use it, it's nevertheless very helpful to understand what this key is and how it may be used. The scripture gives two direct references to the key of David. Revelation chapter 3 verse 7 and 8 says, These are the words of him who is holy and true, that's Jesus Christ, who holds the key of David. And what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. And he told the church at Philadelphia, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. That's powerful. The church to whom this is addressed would immediately recognize the words of Isaiah, the prophet from the Hebrew scriptures in a word directed to an interloper, a charlatan by the name of Shebna, one who had assumed unlawful authority in the king Hezekiah's palace. Isaiah 22 says it this way, in that day, I will summon my servant, a priest named Eliakim, son of Helkiah, the high priest of the tribe of Levi. And I will clothe him with your robe, with your robe, Shebna, and fasten your sash around him and hand your authority over to him. He will be a father to those who live in Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. And watch this. And I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens... No one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Now somewhere in every man's life and somewhere hidden in every woman's mindset, everybody would like to have that kind of key. Wouldn't you ladies like to have a key to any wardrobe and have a key to any kind of blessing? And wouldn't you guys love to have a key to just... Call up whatever deer you want to shoot today. Say, I want a 16 point and open the door and shoot it. Well, I hate to tell you that's not what the key of David's all about. But in both cases, the church in Philadelphia where certain Jews had unlawfully assumed authority in Revelation 3 and 9. And in Jerusalem where Shebna had usurped authority in the palace, Isaiah 22. The key of David was given, watch this now, to reestablish God ordained authority in those places. When God sees things getting unraveled, he calls on particular people. He calls on particular churches and says, I've got some people who have a little strength left and have not denied my name. And I've got a servant down there. I've got a priest that's under the order of the high priest. And I want to place on his shoulder. And I want to place in that congregation. Oh, hallelujah. In that congregation, a key, a key of David. So that whatever they open cannot be shut. And whatever they shut cannot be opened. And it's a church that I am going to bless called the church of the open door. going to get big. Stay with me now. So in the culture of a time, a key was the emblem of authority of government. 
And in the east to this day, when you transfer authority and government of a city, a large key is laid upon the shoulder of the person coming into power. The Bible said, Isaiah 9, the government would be upon his shoulder. And his name would be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And the key of authority, folks, and government opened four specific things in a city. Stay with me now because I'm going to preach in a little while. It opened up storehouses. It was the key that opened storehouses. Storehouses was where you got your goods from. It's where you got the stuff that made everyday life worth living. Your groceries, your clothes. It's a storehouse. That key was the opening of the storehouse. The second door it opened, same key, was treasuries. We would call them banks today, but it really wasn't banks. It was treasuries. It was a blessings place. Hallelujah. It was a place where things happened in your life. The third door that was opened by the same key was armories. When you went to war and when things happened in your life, there was a key that opened storehouses, that opened treasuries, also opened armories. Because you can't go to war without having something to fight with. And the fourth house that it opened was medicinal houses. In other words, places where you got medicine and places where you got all kinds of things that they used to help heal the sick in that day. Can I preach a little bit spiritual now? Can I tell you that God Almighty wants to open storehouses? He wants to open treasuries to us. He wants to open armories to us. And he wants to open medicinal helps to us. What I'm trying to say is the healer is still in the house today. What I'm trying to say is the blesser is still in the house today. What I'm trying to say is the storehouse is going to be open for us today. And what I'm trying to say is you've got an armor that God can help you with. You can put on the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit and fight every enemy that comes against your life in your day. That's why, that's why we need to understand what is the key of David. And why is David's name associated with this key of governmental authority? The key that has the power to open, say open, what no man can shut. And shut what no one can open. And I believe the answer is found in what the Lord himself says concerning David. You ready? Acts 13 and 22 says, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Then he said, he will do everything I want him to do. So when you're thinking about a literal key, we're not speaking about that today. We're talking about an authority. We're talking about a hand of exousia on the church, a power hand. We're talking about a church that can direct and say that in the name of the Lord, no matter what comes against this world, no matter what befalls society, a thousand shall fall at thy right hand and 10,000 at thy left hand, but it shall not come nigh you. 
Israel was in Goshen when the plagues came to Egypt. When it was dark in Egypt, it was light in Goshen. And I believe that God has a church. I believe a church of the open door. I believe that with all my heart. That has a heart that pants after God. That still wants the things of God. You're not here today just to pass time and say, I hope he gets through in the next 10 minutes. You're here to edify and glorify the name of the Lord. You're here to bless him with everything that's in your heart today. You're here to call on the name of the Lord. For it is a strong tower. And the righteous runneth into it and are safe. We still have people that pant after God in this house. Say amen to that. So I believe the key of David, stay with me now, is essentially the heart of David. The key of David is the heart of David. God calls him a man after his own heart. That does not mean that he had the heart of God. That meant he chased the heart of God. And I believe the key of David is set upon people that are people, men and women, after the heart of God. I know that I preach to businessmen and I know that I preach to great, great people in this society. And I know that there's smart people sitting in front of me here today that know a whole lot more about stuff than I do in certain areas. But I will tell you this, that the first thing that you need to seek in your life is not how good your business is and how great your cars are and how wonderful your houses are and how much money you're making. The most awesome thing that you can seek in your life is to seek after God Almighty. It doesn't matter if you're driving down the highway. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your office. There's one thing that I desire of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. David was a king. He was a king that ruled nations. And the first thing he thought about in the morning was seeking God in his life. That's where the key of David comes from. So let's go to Psalms 132. Here's the heart of David. He swore an oath to the Lord and made a vow to the mighty one of Jacob. I will not enter my house or go to my bed. I will allow no sleep to my eyes, no slumber to my eyelids till I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling for the mighty one of Jacob. The heart of David above all was to find a resting place for the presence of the Lord among his people, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. See, here's the story. Let me, let me give you some background. When David came to the throne, the Ark of the Covenant that had been the symbol of the glory of the Lord had been stolen by the Philistine army. And there was nobody in the kingship for 40 years. Saul was in a king for 40 years and he never sought that. There's a lot of leaders in life that never seek the presence of God in a church. And there's a lot of leaders that just want, uh, they, 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 they want that autocratic mindset. They want to have uh, uh, their own mindset. And everybody does what they do and everybody says what they say to do. But they never teach people to seek after God for themselves. They never went, Saul never made an inquiry of the Ark of the Covenant for 40 years. But when David comes and he captures the city of Jebus and he changes it to the name of Jerusalem, which means the city of peace. 
the first thing he did after conquering that place was to go to Obed-Edom's house, or go to, uh, to Abinadab's house, pardon me, and rescue the Ark of the Covenant that had been there for 20 years. After finding it in captivity, they brought it to Ab- Abinadab's house. And David went and picked it up and started bringing it back on a cart. And the cart hit a, hit a depression in the road and, and the Ark started to fall and Uzzah reached out to stabilize it and God smote him dead. And the reason he smote him dead was not because he touched the Ark was cause the ark had become familiar to him because he was the son of Abinadab and he had rested with that ark and slept nights with that ark. It had become old furniture. It didn't mean anything. Hear me today. The greatest thing in your life that you should never get accustomed to is the presence of God. You hear me? The greatest thing in your life, I don't care if you're 50 years old, 80 years old, 10 years old, the one thing we've got to always cherish in our life is the presence. Come on, clap your hands at that, the presence of Almighty God. And so David, so David pouts because Uzzah is smitten and David pouts and David sends the ark to Obed-Edom's house and it stays there 90 days. And when the presence of God got to Obed-Edom's house, his rabbits started having 18 rabbits at a time and his sheep started having six sheep at a time and his cow started giving triplets and everything he had was blessed. Let me tell you something, there's something powerful about the presence of God. There's something awesome about the presence of God. Don't you ever put under your foot the presence of God. You adore the presence of God. There's nothing like the presence of God. Are you with me? There's nothing like it. And David understood that. So he went back to Obed-Edom's house. And he picked up the ark. And this time he put it on the shoulders of the priest, on the shoulders of men. And they carried it to the city. And when he got to Gibeah, he realized that Gibeah was an old place. And God's presence would not be appreciated there. So he took it up to a place called Mount Zion. Are you ready for me now? And he put it under a tent. He went back to the Mosaic time when they had a tent in the wilderness. And he put that ark under that tent and raised all the flaps on that tent. On the north, the south, the east, and the west, the tents were all up because he wanted. Are you ready? He wanted everybody, no matter what their background was, no matter what denomination they were, no matter what kind of tribe they came out of, no matter what kind of people they came out of. He wanted everybody that came by to feel and to see the presence of God moving on top of a mountain somewhere. Now, I know I'm preaching more understanding preaching, not telling stories today, but stay with me. There is something powerful, folks, about a church that is not ashamed of expressing ourselves and saying we believe in the presence of God in operation in our church. We believe in clapping our hands. We believe in saying amen. We believe in lifting our hands to the Lord. We believe in inviting the presence of God in this house. Come on, that's the key of David. That's the key of David. That's the thing that brings power and authority to a church. Wow. Everybody say he was a man after God's own heart. You see, God's heart above all was to be in the midst of his people. That was dominant in the scripture, even from Genesis, when he came every day looking for man, saying, Adam, I want to walk with you today in the garden. And all the way through the book of Revelation, when we hear a loud voice from the throne saying now, What he was saying, finally again, the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. 
God's number one desire is to dwell among the hearts of men. I don't know if you're saved today. I don't know if you're redeemed today. I don't know if you've even, I don't know if you've even said, Lord, I surrender my heart to you. I don't know where you are today. But let me tell you something before I move on. There is nothing greater in all the world than to have a relationship with the presence of Almighty God in your life. Nothing greater, nothing greater, nothing greater, nothing greater. That's the purpose of the heart of God. It's where history is heading in our ultimate destiny. That's why Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us, to reconcile all things to the Father. It's to those whose heart line up with God's heart that God is prepared to entrust the key of David. These are the ones to whom he wishes to impart the same authority that David walked in. Are you ready? Here's what David walked in. I'm going to open doors that no one can shut. And I'm going to shut doors that no one can open. And as we become people after God's own heart, the doors we seek will be open. We'll always start with the door to his presence. I want you to stop right now. I want you to stop right now and I want you to think. I'm not far from finishing this message, probably less than seven minutes from finishing. But I want you to start right now. And I want you to close your eyes and just bow your head in this service right now. And I want you, I want you to do something for me. I know everybody is not, not like I am in my worship and it's all right. It's okay. That's all right. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. It's okay if you're not like me today. That's fine. We don't all have to be alike. There are some people in this house today that really, really seek the presence of God very quietly, very remotely, very humbly. There are those that seek it when they're in trouble. There's those that seek it when they are excited. And, and thrilled and things are doing good. And then there are those that, that get just absolutely beside themselves in the presence of God. But all those are, are great, great people. They're all great. We don't separate greatness by how you respond. But here's the thing. You need to respond to the presence of God in your life. So what I want you to do today, I want you to do this today. The Bible said that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Everybody say spirit, spirit. and say truth. Now, you still got your eyes closed. I want you to do something for me. Whether you had a great week this week, I mean a fabulous week and just an awesome, awesome time, and the Spirit is alive in you and your horns won yesterday, and Baylor, those Baptists beat those horrible Sooners yesterday and all that stuff, and Texas A&M won and TCU won and Texas swept the nation yesterday, and whether that gets you excited and pumped and you're just excited and you're pumped and you're saying, hallelujah, I worship you today, Lord. Thank you for letting the horns win finally. Or whether you went through a tragedy this week, whether something as bad has happened in your life this week and you're having to worship in truth because truth has come to your house. And it's not, it's not, a, it's not a sweet truth. It's an ugly truth. And you're still, you're here today. You made it to the house of the Lord. What I want you to do in your own way today, I want you to say, Lord, I want to get into your presence today. I want you to start praying that prayer right now. Just if you want to do it quietly, if you want to do it openly, whatever. I want to get in your presence today because there's nothing like the presence of God. Because when you get into the presence of God, things starts happening in your world. Things starts taking place in your life. And there is a metamorphosis of things that God wants to do for you. He wants to bless you with storehouses. He wants to bless you with treasuries. He wants to bless you with armories. He wants to bless you with medicinal help. He wants to help you. There's sick people here today that need to get in his presence. There's folks that need financial blessing that need to get into his presence today. 
There's folks here that need storehouse blessings that need to get in his presence today. There's folks that need jobs here today that need to get in his presence. But I'm promising you, in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are treasures forevermore. Why don't you just go into his presence right now? Come on, let's talk to him right now. Talk to him in your own way right now. If you want to get on your feet, get on your feet. If you want to clap your hands, clap your hands. If you just want to pray where you are, pray right now. But let's get in his presence. Father, I thank you for your presence today. I thank you for your presence today. I thank you for your goodness today, Lord. We are seeking the presence of God in our life today. And I thank you for it. Lord, I want to feel your joy. I want to feel that peace. I want to feel that contentment. I want to feel that happiness. I want to feel it one more time. I know, God, where my joy is. I know where my peace is. I know where my portion is. It's in the presence of Almighty God. Amen. 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 He said, I'll give you power to open doors that no man can shut. I will shut doors that no man can open. I'm looking for a servant. I'm looking for a priest. I'm looking for a church that I can pour out my spirit upon so that the key of David can rest upon their shoulder. Amen. Amen. Now look up here and clap your hands real big now. That's good. I love it. I love it. Now the next three things, and then I'm going I'm to wrap it up. The next three things are just things that I, I noticed in the word of the Lord, okay? And I'm going to go backwards here. I'm going backwards. I'm going to go to 1 Chronicles 18 and 2 Samuel chapter 8. The same stories in both books. But I want to show you, this is, I'm going backwards now. I'm going from the back of the book to the front of the book. The Bible said in those verses, there's one phrase that's repeated four times in those verses. Here's what it says. The Lord gave David victory wherever he went. Anybody want a little victory today? <laughs> is, that, is that something I can preach about today? Anybody want a little victory? Anybody like to have victory over some habits and victory over some afflictions and victory over some hang-ups? Come on. Anybody like to have some victory over those things? Would you like to have victory over those things? I'm telling you, everywhere you go, God gave David victory. Everywhere he went, he gave him victory. Because when people get after God's own heart, God puts a key on your life because you have a passion for his presence. And then the second thing, we're going backwards now. First Chronicles 17 and 2 Samuel chapter 7. We're going back one chapter. Nathan, having observed how the Lord was with David, said, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it. The Lord is with you. Folks, that's some of the most powerful words I've ever read in my life in the Bible. Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. I feel prophecy now to my lip right now. There are some men in this church right now, some men in this church. I don't do this. You know I don't do this. I don't live in this world. But there's some men, God's got his hand on your life. And you're fixing to go crazy in your business. Not crazy, but I'm talking about busy crazy. You're fixing to see the hand of the Lord lift you up, enlarge your capacity, enlarge your tent, strengthen your stake, lengthen your cords. You're fixing to see God do a blessing on your life because everywhere you go, God wants to bless you. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. 
and I'm prophesying in the name of the Lord. It's not going to be a day of want in your life. It's going to be a day of blessing in your life. You're here today and God told me to tell you everywhere you go, whatever you do, God's going to bless it. Come on, preachers. Come on, young ministers. Whatever you do, wherever you go, God's going to bless it. It's bigger than I am, but I'm trying to catch up to it today. Wow. Go ahead and do it. God's with you. You know, I've been thinking about do it. You know, I've been... Do it. Come on, let's do Nike. Just do it. Come on, just do it. Just do it. I hadn't done that in 10 years in this church, and I feel so good about doing it right now. Because I believe that God is going to lay on a servant, on a priest. He's going to lay on a, on a priest under the high priest, a key of David. And he's going to lay on a church called Philadelphia. CLC, the key of David. He's going to put an open door here. He's already done it. The Lord told me to tell you today, get ready. Get ready. I'm just going to go ahead and get out on this limb. Get ready. We're going to five digits in this church. Get ready. We're going there in the name of the Lord. Before the Lord comes, this church is going to be blessed like never before. We're going to build. We're going to build orphanages. We're going to build, we're going to build Bible schools. God's not finished with us. He said, whatever you have in mind to do, go ahead and do it because I'm with you. And I'm telling you, I'm going to claim that in the name of the Lord because he's opened a door that no man can shut. And he'll shut doors that no man can open. Somebody want to rejoice with me here today. Then I'm going to go backwards one more chapter. Chapter 18, I read, the Lord gave David victory wherever he went. And chapter 17 said, whatever you'd have in mind, go ahead and do it. For the Lord is with you. And then chapter 16 in Samuel, 2 Samuel 6, we're going back another chapter. The Bible said, David brought the Ark of the Covenant to the city and established worshipers to minister to, the, to God's presence day and night. Wow, isn't that tough? You know why? Because David put first things first. I can't tell you how happy I am and proud I am of all you people. I'm very proud of you. I'm getting ready to close. Randy, come help me. I'm getting ready to close. I can't tell you how proud I am of you. I can't tell you how happy I am to be your pastor. I can't tell you how joyful it is to preach every Sunday morning to people that want to hear the word of God. But God Almighty sometimes has to set the plow a little deeper in the field to break up the fallow ground in our lives. And God wants you men and you women to be blessed. He wants you to be in his favor. And see, I've got this new idea on favor, and I might as well just throw it out right now. Favor's not on a person, it's on a purpose. And when you're in the purpose of God, when you do the purpose of God, don't sit over here in a corner and be mad at everybody and say, I need your favor, God, so I can hate people more. Don't do that. 
Get over here in that corner. Get out of that corner. Get in the flow of the river of God and see what God's doing in your life. Come on. And when you get in that flow of that river of God and you get the purpose of God in your life, look out. You're going to, you can't outrun the favor of God. You can't outrun the blessing of God. You can't outrun the tide of the Spirit. You can't outrun what God's doing because God can do more in five minutes than you can do in 50 years. So I say again, the Lord gave David victory everywhere he went. Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it for the Lord is with you. But you got to put first things first. David sought a place for the presence of God to dwell. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord in the presence of the Almighty One of Jacob. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to seek his face all the days of my life. I'm closing today. I'm closing. And I'm closing with this. Not only is he going to give us a door, open door that no man can shut. He's going to shut some doors that no man can open. Today, I declare in the name of the Lord, gates of abuse, you're going to be closed. I'm going to close gates of inequity. I'm going to close gates of deception. I'm going to close gates of unrighteousness in every sphere where he places us. I'm going to shut gates on your past that's trying to destroy your present and your future. In the name of the Lord, by the authority of the key of David. Because we're a church after God's own heart. We're in the purpose of the the power and the presence of God. I close those gates. I close them. I close them. In the name of Jesus, who has the key of David. I close those gates. I close those doors. I close them. In the name of the Lord. They're closed today. Hallelujah. You don't have to suffer from past abuse any longer. You don't have to go through life saying, will I ever get on top of life? Will it always be on top of me? Yes, today, in the name of the Lord, I close those doors in Jesus' name. I close them. And Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven because the favor of God is about purpose never about persons there's a beautiful scripture in the book of Revelation chapter 11 and it talks about a man that was given a reed like a measuring rod And the angel stood and said, I want you to rise up and measure the temple of God and measure the altar and those who worship there. Now watch this now. This is my last statement. He said, but leave, verse 2, out the court which is outside the temple. Don't measure it, for it's been given to the Gentiles. What he was saying was simply this. There is a church that I am birthing in the last day. And when you get outside into the Gentile court, don't you measure that church. 
Don't you try to measure how big it's going to grow, how massive its reach is going to be, how great its kingdom is going to become. Don't you try to measure that place. You just throw the measuring tape away because that's my people of the last day. Amen. And I'm going to open a door that no man can shut. And I'm going to shut a door that no man can open. Has anybody got my drift here today? Would you get on your feet and praise God right now and clap your hands? Come on, Dad. Come on, Mom. Come on, businessman. Come on, business lady. Come on, people. God's got a key of David for you. He's got a key of David for this church. Come on, He's got a key of David in your life. Get in the purpose of God. See God work in your life. Hallelujah. 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 And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.